All right, we are back with another live episode of Seminole Sideline 365. Once again, I am KB, and with me, as always, is or sometimes is the old. Well, we'll see. Uh, it's the old man, the uh, oldest fan of all times. And like I said, yes, the oldest uh, living alumni. Hey, listen, football. How many people out there think they can say? that they remember the tie game in the Gator Bowl. I don't even know the year. It was back in the 60s. Had to be in the 60s. Before calendars. No, I think it was the late 60s. When Bill Peterson, was it Bill Peterson? Oh I'm he trying, can't, I can't, re can't remember the facts. I can't remember. But it was a tie game. No, I can't, you know, I want to say oh it was God. a Bobby Bowden game. Maybe one of our fans out there will look it's it not up. when the I guy telling the story can't remember the facts. I just, no. Oh, but it was a tie game in the Gator Bowl game. And it was against Penn State, Florida State, Penn State, Jacksonville. That's when the Gator Bowl was always in Jacksonville. It was a pretty good game. Look it up. And we tied the game at the end. The Florida State, I think it was Bobby Bowden. Why do I want to think that? Uh, I think it was Grant Guthrie. I want to say it was Grant Guthrie, place kicker. We've had some pretty damn good place kickers at Florida State. Grant Gunnell? Or, Gr oh, you mean place no, kicker. Grant Guthrie. Uh, look that up if you got a minute. I'm not looking at Florida State, Penn State, and we went for the tie. And there was some criticism of Florida State going for the tie instead of the win in a, in a bowl game. Because I think we were down 13 to nothing, and we came all the way back to 13 to 10. And then we had a chance to either go for the touchdown or go for the field goal. It was close. And, and whoever the hell the coach was decided for the field goal because he said the boys had come back and worked too damn hard for let it to slip away. Is, and the game this, ended. Is what? this it right here? Uh, I'm trying to look up 13 to 13, I believe. Oh. I listened to that game on a. I was a kid, I don't a think teenager. This okay, this isn't this isn't the game. Penn State. About. Okay, this isn't. No, <laughs> no, no, that was a great game. I remember listening because I think that's the first time we ever played Alabama. I think in you're talking modern, about Penn State in you're the modern era. Yeah, I'm talking about Penn State. But that one you just flashed up. Flash that. You got that still? I can. Yeah, I can flash. Oh, what a game! What a KB. What a game this was. Yeah. I listened to it on an AM radio, and Alabama was heavily favored. And you know who their quarterback was? Kenny the Snake Stabler, who went on for fame with the Oakland Raiders. And I think he's in the Hall of Fame. I hear this. Hear this. He yeah, was the quarterback for Alabama. Nobody gave the Seminoles a chance. And it was a great game, and I and and I think I can't remember if we scored a touchdown at the end. Maybe that's it. What a game that was! And that was Bill Peterson was the coach. Nineteen forty-four. No, nineteen sixty-seven. Nineteen sixty-seven. Wait, no. About? Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I'm looking at. Yeah, nineteen sixty-seven. That was in Birmingham yeah. uh, at Legion's Field. Uh, the Bear, Bear Bryant, was the coach of Alabama. It was unbelievable. It rocked the country when they saw that Florida State had tied 
uh, and at the time, yeah, let me look at some of these names. Ron Sellers, Ron Ken Stabler. Uh, Walt Sumner ended up being drafted. I never thought he'd be drafted and played. Had a decent little career with the Cleveland Browns. He, you know, unbelievable. Kenny Stabler was in that yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, Grant Guthrie. There's Grant Guthrie saying yeah. 20, uh, 27 yard field goal. Uh, he was a good kicker. Larry Green was a great running back. This was a good football team. And I think it's the same team that tied Penn State in the Gator Bowl because Grant Guthrie kicked that through to win. Unbelievable. Oh, I oh, love those. But I you. listened to those games on the AM radio. Sometimes a little transistor pulled up the little antenna. You know, now they're collector's items or, you know, the tabletop and listen to the game. Incredible. <laughs> Was what? it a radio or two cans of the string? Okay, thanks, B. <laughs> you guys, you guys have no, no pay homage. Pay homage to the legacy of these things. It was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, Riley. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, that was your history lesson for all of us fans, if you haven't already left. Um, but that, that was a good flashback. Uh, but tonight, we got a couple of topics to go over. Once again, we want to give our spring thoughts. Uh, you know, the spring game is next month. Uh, we're, it's quickly uh, ganging up on us here in a couple of weeks. Uh, but we want to give our thoughts on the defense. So we talked about the offense a, a week or two ago and gave our questions and concerns around that uh, and what to look out there. And uh, obviously tonight in our live show, we want to give our defensive question marks, potential concerns, and, and what to look out for on the on the defensive side of the ball because uh, we held off on that. So, yeah, let, let's start and dive right into that. I have a, a couple of questions. Obviously, I do want to pose to you, and, and one of them was in the title slide or in the thumbnail uh, about tonight, and, and let's just dive right into that. Um, it, it's been servicing around, and I, I think there's some question marks about the impact that he had last year. He battled through some injuries, and uh, some say it was because of those injuries, why we lost in that in that midseason slide with Fabian Lovett going out. He didn't have the quite the season he wanted last season, uh, which is partially probably uh, the reason he's coming back this year and didn't go into the draft. Some would say he may have not gotten a high enough draft ranking because of the injuries and because of the production alone, uh, which is another reason why he came back, which I think was a, probably a smart decision for himself and uh, and we're, we're obviously welcoming him back on the defensive uh, defensive line. But that's why I posed the question to you, uh, uh, old man, is do you think that with the people they've now brought in, which I think is very smart, that they need to shore up that defensive line? We could not afford to just rely solely on a uh, Fabian Lovett to be the interior anchor on that line. And we saw how many times that interior line got gashed by uh, a big run game Uh towards the end of the season you saw with Oklahoma and a couple of games, not saying we're giving up 200 yard games for uh, every game, every week, but you, you saw that people were, were able to run to the middle a couple of times. And, and sometimes that was the biggest deficit of this team. So, so with that being said, now that you have guys like Fisk coming in, you have Daryl Jackson coming in, you have some big bodies on that line. Do you think that Fabian Lovett will potentially be, not back. Will he be the starting interior defensive lineman uh, on this team coming into the season, battling out in the spring? It, it's he may not be, or or do you think a guy even like Joshua Farmer, who gets talked up a lot, he's you know going to be I, I think a redshirt sophomore coming into the season. Do you think he takes over that nose tackle position um, over him uh, versus uh, uh, Daryl Jackson? What what are your thoughts? Uh, I think you summarized it pretty good there. I, I that. 
first of all, I, I think the D line is going to be and must be one of the strengths of this defense. Okay. So the big question that was floating around this week in on the street and in the Twitter street and, and so on was looks like uh, uh, Fisk or uh, uh, might get the start over Fabian Lovett or, or Jackson will get the start over Fabian Lovett. Uh, you know, I think that's a, a little tricky one for Norvell. First of all, let me let me talk about uh, Lovett. I think Lovett is overhyped. Okay, I think he came in last season overhyped. He clear he got injured early. Uh, it took him a while to work back. I don't think. Uh, I I still think he's overhyped. Because if you look at his numbers, career numbers, career numbers at Mississippi State, at Florida State, they're not spectacular numbers, okay? And, and he's a little inconsistent. Now, some people can say, well, his job is just, I don't know what his job in the defense is. I assume it's to make tackles and push the pocket from the middle. Uh, you know, if, if his job is just stay there and, and, and occupy two blockers, then maybe he's not going to have big numbers. So it's a little bit uh, weird to say what a guy's numbers should be or shouldn't be, but his numbers aren't spectacular in his career here at Florida State and at Mississippi State. I think he had better numbers at Mississippi State if you look back in his early uh, his his year there. Uh, he, he damn sure didn't have a great year last year because of the injury. So do I pin the downfall of this team on Fabian Lovett. No, I don't think he should carry that burden. I don't think that's a, a burden that's worthy of him having to carry. I think we should look a little bit at Robert Cooper. Everybody loved Robert Cooper because of the races with Norvell in the practices and, and loved the Coop. Okay. Everybody loves Coop, but Coop was an average to below average defensive lineman in college. And, and I think that's where his career is going to end, unless he ends up in the USFL, XFL, something like that. But Lovett came back because this is the year he needs to make a statement. This will be it. This is where he puts everything on tape. This is where he wants to have a big year, even if it's in a rotation. Now, I think that's how Norvell and uh, uh, the defensive line coach, uh, well, you know, uh, He's been there. He's older. Odell than Hagans. Odell. Yeah, Odell Hagans. Uh, they're going to play this. They don't want to get caught up. Who's the starter and who is it? Because when you look at Daryl Jackson, now Daryl Jackson has career-wise, I think he's got 25 games. He's had 12 starts. He had 11 starts last year for Miami. He played 13 games his freshman year at Maryland. He had 22 tackles as a freshman at Maryland. He had 27 tackles from Miami uh, uh, last year's sophomore season. So he's potentially got two years here. You know, his numbers aren't going to knock anybody's socks off. Are they comparable with Fabian Lovett? Sort of. So I think it's going to be, I, I, I kind of like Daryl Jackson a little bit better than Fabian at this point. But I think Norvell and, uh, and company, they're going to probably start and given if everything's equal, if everything's equal, they'll give the nod to Fabian out the gate 
because he's been in the program longer. And some of that does count when it's equal. When everything is equal, unless Daryl Jackson or uh, uh, Fisk uh, has something so outstanding that, you know, that it just knocks Fabian for a loop or Fabian gets an injury of some sort. I, mm-hmm. I, I just, it's going to be a big year for Fabian. Uh, and, and it's going to be an interesting year for Fisk. So I do think uh, that's where this thing stands right now. Yeah, uh, B-Rod with a comment. I'll be depth and how and how we make, we'll make the safety room shake out uh, are my concerns. DL, DL line, uh, defensive line is going to be dominant. I'll make the corners look better. So that's uh, his well, well, opinion. But there. how does he know that? How does well, well, let's just, let's say, just, well, let me get my let me read these okay. and then let me get my okay. opinion on things. Okay. The deal with the interior defensive line is that it doesn't matter who starts between Fisk, Fab, uh, Fabian Lovett, and Jackson. Nobody will play more than thirty snaps, but at least one of them will be on the field at all times. That was going to be my point to this. That is going to be my point. Is that no longer does the burden sit on just Fabian Lovett. Is that now you have rotational pieces that are like below, like you have talent, uh, you have a, seal, a talent floor, right? And now you can rotate those pieces. It's not no longer on a guy like Fabian Lovett who has a lot of traction on his body. I mean, this is a fifth year player who is, is got a lot of miles on his he legs, a lot of miles on that he body. Does. And now you bring in a Daryl Jackson who's only a two-year player, big body, very much built for the game on the interior line, and you got a guy like Fisk, too. So at two, to be Riley's point, is that you don't have to play these guys more than 30 snaps. You can rotationally play these guys, keep them fresh, and keep them healthy, which is the biggest part. So I don't think any of them individually has to be dominant. They can stay fresh and just continue to push the pocket and, and do their job at a very high level. And that's what you need them to do. So I, to that, that was what I was going to bring up. And that was actually great that that comment came up because I agree with that. They don't have to be superstars. They just have to play at a very high level with high energy. And I think that's enough. Well, and that's I, be able to yeah. Do. And I agree with that. The only part I didn't agree with B. Riley's comment is he uses the word dominant. We, we don't know if it's going to be dominant. We are, we are assuming, and there's a lot of hype around this team, that a lot of positions are going to be dominant. But we don't have the production and the performance. And you know, KB, in the business world, it's very important that the numbers really tell you everything over the hype. Yeah, defensive line numbers are tough. Defensive line numbers are tough, interior especially. Well, I understand that. I understand that. But we've seen dominant lines at Clemson. We've seen dominant lines at the University of Georgia. We've seen, you know, those are a couple of examples where they just they just manhandle. They, they no, there's no rushing. People aren't getting 150 yards of rushing yards. They're not getting 200 yards. Uh, so, and that's what we we said with some of our downfall uh, last season. But we don't know what Fisk will be under the gun. We don't know what Daryl Jackson will do under the gun. And we don't know if Fabian Lovett's going to hold up. Like say, however, I love your point. And I love the the thing is, hey, guys, we got three of you. You guys can have dominating performances by rotating and being fresh. And we've got Joshua Farmer. Let's not forget him. I believe he played with Daryl Jackson in high school. So mm-hmm. I I think I think that's going to push Farmer to even want to play better, you know. Yeah. And, and he's learned a lot because he was thrown into a lot of reps last season. So yeah, I think Joshua uh, the Joshua Farmer he played 13 games uh, last season. 
So he got a lot of reps too, because these guys were thrown into the fire. And 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 the defensive ends, I think we're going to be much improved there. You got Verse coming back, but on the interior, I think it's a good situation to have, not a bad situation. William, we, we appreciate the compliment, William. Thanks for coming by. We appreciate that. Uh, William, Dustin Hill, that's a whole other show we have to oh, talk about. God. So we, we could do a whole conspiracy <laughs> show about that. So, uh, hey, let me say something to William about that, though. I, I swear, for the longest time, I thought the whole thing was a joke. I And I still think it's, well, kind, still of think it's kind of a e- joke. Even though it's real now, here's my question. And I had a little hard time finding this. I couldn't find what I wanted to find. Where the hell has this guy been for two years? I saw yeah, some I, guy was producing music. That wasn't him, I don't think. That no, was another Destin Hill. But where has this guy been? Is he been just sitting out working at the Burger King? Uh, you know, is he making music? Is he been in jail? Where has he been? Is he been in a, a junior and I don't college? Wanna, I don't want to speculate on anything because we don't know the facts. I don't. But I don't. I. I, I I'm assuming, knowing Mike Norvell, he's something happened that kept him out. But he trusts the guy enough to say to hang on to him for this long. That's the only thing I I trust Mike in but his. Where has this guy I, been? I, I don't I mean, know. So if anyone knows that, if anyone's watching knows like what the situation is with Destin, was it academics? Was it family? Family issues. I, I don't want to dig into it because that's privacy stuff. I I understand that, but it's weird that like a recruit is hung on to this long. Usually it's. They go to junior college and they get re-recruited and stuff like that. Well, For it to hang on this long is it like well, many people thought. Let's, like this. This. let's say this. Let's say this. That if Mike Norvell promised a scholarship to Dustin Hill, Mike Norvell is standing by that which, as long as there are no character, significant character. Which is why I think it's or a good legal, reason. Something you know, happened, or yeah. legal issues yeah. to circumvent that. That that happened with, uh, uh, oh, man. That happened with our oldest quarterback ever. Uh, gosh, what was his name? Okay, he was great. He won a Heisman Trophy. Chris Winky. Chris Winky. He Bobby Bowden had promised him a a, a, a he was the number one quarterback coming out of I think it was Minnesota uh, the year in high school. But he was a tremendous baseball player. He he was going to come down. He was going to start playing. And then all of a sudden, Toronto Blue Jays offered him a large sum of money to sign baseball contract. He signed a baseball contract. The football thing was done. He goes into the minors for five years, something of that. Never got to the major leagues. He calls up Bobby Bowden and says, hey, Coach Bowden, is that is that scholarship still available? And Bobby said, it damn sure is. Well, it, okay. Well, that feels like a different scenario. That's feel that seems like no, it, it is not a different scenario. You know why? Because he hadn't played football in okay. five okay. years. Well, that's more like a long-term bet. You're like, this guy probably still has it because playing baseball, the guys who play baseball, there's a know. good transition there. James went there's a good transition between playing baseball and football. You kind of there's gonna be rust, uh, but we're gonna have it still. That. This guy, you know. don't know what he's been doing unless Mike Norman. Well, I don't know what he's been problem. doing. Exactly. And I, I think it's and I looked it up on Google. I took I took a little bit of time to that's try a different to I was just curious. That's I don't know what scenario. I don't know where he is. I don't but know. We'll, where we'll he find is. out if you, anyone knows. We'll find out. They so let me go coming, back. No, they say oh, he's God. coming in May, right? Okay, we'll we'll figure it. We'll find out. out if he doesn't show up in May. I don't care anymore. Um, so going back to you know, because US USB Riley, you know, what how does he know what? So stuff like that. 
we're talking about defensive line, you know, stuff like that, numbers like that. When that, and I talked about the numbers. The numbers concerned me last year. So this is the season, last year's season. And we talk about my concerns and, and Fabian Love and stuff like that. You see numbers that pop out to you in defensive rushing numbers. 252 against Louisville. 171 against Wake Forest. 182 against NC State. 167 against Clemson. Then 262 against Oklahoma, or against Florida. 253 against Oklahoma. Now, I think Fabian Lovett was maybe hurt for all three of these games. So you could say, oh, that's against him. Louisville, I think he was there for that game. So you see, what, four, five, six games where they, uh, a team eclipsed over 150 yards rushing. Um, and then the averages of those four, four yards, 5.7, 5.4.2, yeah. 4.6, even uh, Louisiana State game, uh, you know, L- against LSU, 209. Uh, you know, we got to do better than this. I think so. Same, the guys who return are good, and and Fabian Love being our best guy returning. I, I don't, you know, he is our best guy returning, but I don't know how good he was last year to, to that point of what we're saying. It's great that he's returning because it's it's a floor. No numbers last year. Basically, he had he had no numbers. Uh, he had uh, he had he appeared in seven games. He had like five uh, unassisted tackles. Five assisted tackles. Yeah, I, so I don't want to get I mean, into his statistics. numbers are this, insignificant. Uh, yeah, I, I, numbers can be deceiving though. Numbers can be deceiving because interior can open up uh, edges and stuff like that. So the uh, statistics can be deceiving. The yards don't lie though. The yards are what get to me. So looking at the yardage, that's the thing that concerns me because that that can't lie. Well, so when you, when you see those rushing numbers, you also have to say it's a weakness at linebacker as well. Okay. Which I yeah, and we'll get and that's our next point. And I think we transit into our next point. So yeah. I think to everyone's point, they shorted the defensive line by bringing more players in that should make these numbers get better. Yes, I think right. that's the assumption. The next yeah. point is the linebackers. I think this is another skill group that well, well, I'll go into. I'll open up our, our next uh, graphic here because uh, that that goes in nice. But I do think the defensive line will be a strength this year, or should be. Well, that's what I was going to say. Be. Buy or sell. Linebackers will be a strong point for FSU this year. Buy or sell that. Buy or sell. Linebackers will be a strong. I'm going to have to sell on that because I think, I, I mean, no, wait a minute. Buy or sell. Sell Sell meaning it's not going to be great, I guess. That they won't be great. That they won't, they be, won't great. be great. I'm going to sell on the linebackers because I, I don't, I, Tatum is the only guy, Tatum Bethune is the only guy I really can say is the leader of that group, and he's a little undersized, to be honest. But he is a tremendous player, and, he's and I believe he's, he's got a he's a very intelligent guy. I think you're going to see a, a a big performance from him this year, and hopefully that'll rub off. We got a lot of veterans coming back as linebackers. You got DJ Lundy coming back. You got the Loach coming back. They're a little undersized, but we've got. We've, I think it's going to be a position that we need strength from, but I'm a little shaky there. And I wouldn't be surprised, KB, to see us reach into the portal after the spring game to see if there is a linebacker out there, a veteran linebacker that, that, that might be pluckable. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, so I, I like. I'm glad that we get Tatum Bethune back. I'd be a lot more concerned if Tatum Bethune wasn't coming back. So you got you got Tatum Bethune. You have Omar Graham Jr., who was a true freshman, who the was Deloitte. who was uh, the team leader and uh, four tackles in his debut last year or something like that. 
So you had, yeah, Deloach coming back, who I thought played like a missile last year. My, my improvement, my visual, I, I don't know what stats look like with him. I would have to look those up. Some, again. some people, some people thought he, he was a little inconsistent. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying visually, I thought he looked, but year over year, I thought he looked visually a lot better. Like when, when he was put on blitz mode, he looked incredible. I thought he looked faster, stronger. And I, 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 would anticipate an even better improvement from him this year. And he's the spy. He plays that spy position on running quarterbacks. I thought he did a great job of that. Yeah, and I think Amar Graham will get better. He, he, you know, he was a true freshman playing, you know, uh, out of his mind, trying to play as much as he could. So I think he'll get better in another year, and he got to play his true freshman year. They like Blake Blake Nicholson coming. Well, I was going to get to that. So Stephen Nix, Stephen Dix was out the entire year last year. That's something we all back. He's a big dude. He'll be back, and, and like you said, he's a big guy. He'll be back. So you got three guys there at the Mike linebacker. They got Tane Bethune, DJ Lundy. DJ Lundy lost a lot of playing time uh, due to due to Tane Bethune coming in and some of the you know some of the freshmen. So uh, with, well, Deloach playing a lot more too, and, and you saw the, the Lundy's numbers decline. But I think Lundy, from what all the reports I've been seeing, it looks like he's in great shape again. He's always been sort of a big dude. He moved over from my, I think, fullback a couple of seasons ago. But I think he's known for his hitting power. And I'm excited to see what he can do. And you see he's him play fullback. Dude. You know, you see him line up in the fullback position still. I'm excited to see what he can do. So between him and Tatum, like you said, they're not elite. But I think they, they like you said, it's a, they have, there's a floor to them. They, they can play average, average plus at that position, which is, which is something we've missed in the past. And you've got well, Brandon, so- Brandon Gant. You think you have Brandon Gant. Brandon and then Gant. insert into that, insert into that, like you said, Blake Nicholson, who is a high four-star, maybe low five-star player talent-wise, and people are very excited about him. I think he has the potential to play as a freshman, and I think we'll be expected to, to rotate in as a freshman player. He didn't come into camp, did he? I I, let's, I don't think he was an early enrollee. No, I don't think he's an early enrollee, which is going to hurt him a little bit. But DeMarco Ward is. But DeMarco yeah. Ward is, who is something they they really yeah. like. He's he's the only yeah. early enrollee from the yeah. linebacker. Because there's been some criticism out there uh, and, and some focus on Randy Shannon's ability to recruit and bring guys in. Yeah. I think the Nicholson thing helped because he had to go all the way out to, you know, the California to get him. Yeah. Uh, some people have not been impressed by the recruitment of DeMarco Ward, but yeah, you know, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't put a lot on these stars because I think it's a lot of it's on these camps. And then, you know, you see the highlight tapes, you don't know who the hell they're playing. You know, they playing the little sisters of the poor or they playing some triple A high school team, uh, IMG. That's a big difference of you have to look. How do they perform against the best teams on their schedule? And he also plays a, made up high schools, too. So, you, you know, that's a lot of work. But I think I think this is a unit that has to perform. Plus, last year, we don't know how many uh, offensive lines were able to get through the first line of defenders to get to those linebackers and tie them up. So if our defensive line plays more dominant, as B. Riley suggests, then then potentially that frees up the linebackers to make a lot more tackles in the gaps. Yeah, I, I think I think once again, this is a, a another position group that has the ability, has deep, has deep talent. It's it's not elite, but it's deep and it's average plus. Like to your point, though, can they make the tackles in space? Can they do it consistently? That will be the difference between are they average plus and above, 
or they just average average. And we, and they had glimpses last year against LSU and some of those games like that. They play that very high level, in my opinion, a dominant defense. Yeah. A dominant defense. It takes both that, that, that upfront line and those linebackers, you know, that's where you get that help, you know, and then the strategic use of the blitz, then it takes the pressure off that secondary because I'm tired of hearing, well, the secondary didn't do their job. You get out there and try to run around for four or five seconds with some of these receivers, you won't do a very good job either. So yeah. it, it, that, that's very tough these days. And the thing we've been missing for, I, I would say, since the national championship team is we've missed elite linebackers. We we haven't. I, I can't remember the last time we had an elite linebacker. Yeah, we, since we have 2013 probably. Right. Is, we we yeah. haven't had any elite linebackers drafted into the NFL in a long in, in a good while. I mean, since maybe. Join? I mean, uh, I, no, he's playing safety. Um, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I can't think of the last linebacker we had that was played at a very elite level, and that's something that I know is a big emphasis. And Blake Nicholson, hopefully, is the start of, of that trend of getting guys like that to commit and sign. Because if we can get more guys like that, then that's where you become the Clemsons who are they're used to them having these big guys over the middle that will knock you out. Or, well, like you said, can blitz, can hold the middle, can can follow receivers, can follow running backs, or, or keep them occupied so they occupy that middle of the field, which we've struggled with in the past. But we're getting better. We're, like I said, we're raising the ceiling or we're raising the floor of talent. We just need playmakers now. Who, who can make I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting, and, and I don't know why uh, Blake Nicholson is not here as an early enrollee. Well, academics but, sometimes. But, you know, it can be academics. It can be, hey, I want to finish my senior yeah, in high yeah, school. Absolutely. You know absolutely. what I mean? I, that's what I want to do. But he has to understand it's going to put him behind for this coming season, and he may see he may see some good duty on, uh, on uh, uh, special teams. Yeah. If he's a good special teams player and in 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 mop up duty. Now, there are some well, people out there in the FSU media circles. In fact, one guy and I don't I don't like to mention by names who who I heard say uh, in the last couple of days, there's going to be a lot of mop up duties, especially for our quarterbacks. Uh, and I, I see us blowing six to seven teams out three or more touchdowns, early blowouts. And I'm going, really? You know, hmm. Now that's quite a hype. You know, that's quite the hype, in my opinion. Uh, I would be very happy and but a little surprised by that, to be well, honest. I, 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 well, I don't know if we need to go down the schedule road right now, but no, we don't need to do that. Yeah. We no, that's another that's another day, that's another show. We don't need to do that. All right. Let's what stay is your, with what we got here. Yeah. What is your third and final? Question or concern for the defensive side of the ball? Uh, you know what it is? It's Coach Fuller, Adam Fuller. That's my question. My question is, this is the team to make a run for the ACC title. It's being hyped to the ceiling. And is Adam Fuller up to the challenge, okay, against the better teams that we're going to face? The LSU team, the uh, people go out, the Miamis, the Florida, and Clemson potentially twice right there. How many is that? That's five teams. If you win all those five games, 
that Adam Fuller is going to say, is going to say, the coaches are going to say, job well done. Okay. Can this defense under Adam Fuller, can he make the right calls mm -hmm. to win the biggest games on the schedule, not the blowout games? Okay. Then I'll, I'll pose, I'll pose this then to you. Buy or sell is Adam Fuller retained in 2024 based on what you see as performance coming into the season past spring. <clears throat> will you say that he will be retained next after this upcoming season? Will he be retained based on what you foresee? Him I think, I think given this team for 2023, yeah, it gives him the best opportunity mm -hmm. to be retained. One is the offense is going to be putting up points. Yeah. Okay. And then the defense should be good enough, good enough to hold down the opponents in, in it's going to be those five games that I mentioned, or maybe three out of those five games that is going to be critical. I don't care what people say about Florida. I don't care what they say. Miami state rivalry games are, are, are a different animal. Those games will be critical to Adam Fuller's uh, tenure at Florida state. All right. I will, uh, yeah, I will tend to agree that I do believe uh, Adam Fuller will return in. Uh, well, I do. Uh, like you said, I do believe that this season gives him the best shot at putting up a at an elite or a good to above a good plus defense. I do think the players that are coming in are are are, are, are to that level to the Blake Nicholson's and. And those types of players, those players will take time to get integrated. Once again, you're not getting those in early enrollees, but the transfer portal has helped. You get Fisk, you get Verse coming back, you get Daryl Jackson, you get uh, uh, Fag or uh, uh, Cypress from UVA. You're getting a lot of, uh, you're getting a lot more talent coming in. You're retaining a lot more talent as well. So, like you said, the offense is coming back, the defense is coming back, a lot of infusion of high level talent. This is your best shot, like we all know, to win a championship. And to see what you could do if you had high-level high school recruits as well. So I think it's all coming together. If he cannot put it together now on the defensive end, I think I think you're going to have to go in a different direction. If you do not, you know, if you do not plug up the holes in the defensive line on running the uh, on stopping the run game against high-level teams on your schedule, which let's be frank, there's not a lot of high-level teams on their schedule right now. If you can't come, uh, you know, stop the run against LSU. If you can't stop the run against uh, you know Clemson, can't stop it against Florida. Uh, you know, Adam, you're going to have to go. This is, you have all the pieces to do it. Now you just have to put up, you have to get the game plan together. You got to use the blitz effectively, use the tools that you have at your disposal and create the pressure when it's needed. So yeah, ultimate, all, ultimately Fuller is responsible even for all the recruitment on the defensive side. He, he, you know, he, he holds other people responsible as well, but he's ultimately responsible and, and it will come down to those critical games and, and the other thing is critical that it'll be very interesting to compare and contrast the statistics that you just had up and how well we're doing this coming season with those same numbers. Uh, yeah. Because ultimately numbers do show you results. Yeah. I, I mean, sometimes there's garbage numbers, stuff like that, like you said, but, uh, but ultimately they, they can point out some trends and, and, and this season, you know, we know what has to be done. This is it's it's championship or bust. You know, ACC championship or bust. Now, let's because not, right let's now, right now, going into the 2023 fall season, 
who would you say will be in the top 20 uh, opponents that we have? Well, LSU will be probably one. They'll be in the top they'll 20. Be top, they'll Clemson. be in the top 10. They'll be in the okay. top 10. Clemson will be uh, in the top 20. Is there anybody else on our schedule? Florida and Miami are, probably aren't going to be. They'll well, Miami be, gets ranked every year. Miami gets ranked every they'll year. They'll be at the 20 to 30, but they're not going to. Miami's not going to be in the top 20. No way. Somehow, some way. They'll no make it way. Happen. Florida's not going to be in the top 20. So who else on that schedule would be? LSU and Clemson. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I think that's North Carolina because uh, May comes back, right? Yeah, North Carolina. Will be we don't play North Carolina, thank no. goodness. Because no. he's it, a legit quarterback. You got Clemson, LSU, and that's it. Duke, Duke maybe. Duke maybe. Duke in the top 20? Yeah, there are nine. Well, we're not going to fear Duke. That's, nine wins last year. We're, well, we're not going to fear Duke. If we fear Duke, then we got a long way to go. Before maybe Florida. I don't know. Florida may be thrown in there. Yeah. So you okay. can maybe max four teams, low end two yeah. teams. It'll be very interesting because if this defense does stand up for Fuller and plays to a oh. dominating experience you, you, like B. Riley and the offense is scoring out of their minds, it's going to be a very interesting season. Yeah. If it all comes together, like it has it, if it like it has the very big potential to, you can run the table very quickly but once again things can we haven't seen that we we've seen that times last season click but more often than not it didn't always click like that three game fly last year against Wake well, Forest, this team NC is State, being, and, yeah. you know this team's being hyped very big now hate, by I all the fans and by all the FSU media okay now uh, fans out there may say well you guys are the most negative among all we're not negative we're just being realistic because if this team loses to LSU, if they no, lose I, up front, I, I, no wait, if they lose up front, it has to be close. Okay, it has to be close. Yeah. Otherwise, if they got blown out in Orlando, oh yeah. my God, there'll be questions right away. Yeah. Then, but, but losing to LSU doesn't. You LSU can't is- lose to Clemson twice in a season. Anything less than the ACC championship is unacceptable for this team. The way it's being hyped. Yeah, I would agree. Losing to LSU, would you agree? Would you? Yeah, agree? but but yeah, but losing to LSU doesn't end your season. Let's, no, let's I understand that. that. But if you got blown out by LSU, people are gonna people are gonna say, "What the hell's going on?" Yeah, right. You yeah. can't get blown out by LSU. No, no. But it's up it's up to the people in that locker room to, to keep their heads on straight and keep them focused. All the media, all the war chants, and all them stuff can hype up this team whatever they want to do. It's up to Mike. The leaders on that team, which he's done a coaches, good job with, which I, which yeah, and I believe a good that. job with it's up to them. To, if this was yeah. the team of you know, really Taggart and they were in the same position, I would say, you know, this could go very sideways very quickly. But I believe that they have the right leaders, the right people, the right staff in place to keep them focused. Very few times last year did they, did they seem to lose focus. Things went wrong here and there, and we could have said play calling or whatever it was, but I, I didn't ever feel like the team lost focus. They lost effort, any of those things. And I think that culture continues to grow. So, you know, I, we, you know, I, I don't want to talk defense, about doomsday scenarios. I there. think this defense has good potential. I think they have some exciting young players, and they've got some very experienced guys now coming back to make this a very good, good Defense, and that's all it has to be. It doesn't yeah. have to be great. We'll take great, but it, it has to be good. 
Yep. Okay. And now let me add one other thing. What makes it good too is flipping the field because we have a very good punter. Okay. And Alex uh, Mastromanos, this guy's a very good punter and we're very lucky. He gets overshadowed. He doesn't get talked about much, but he is a good game punter. Well, thankfully a lot of the games last year, you didn't have to punt too much. So that no. was the good thing. So, but uh, to your point, yeah, he is, he is a very good punter. Sometimes he, sometimes he does, sh- you know, a little, but to the most, for the most part, like you and said. And the last thought player. I have is I think we have really upgraded the secondary with the coaching there with Patrick Sertan. You know, well, this guy, I think Patrick. Pat, he's got to prove himself yet. I, I think, the name carries, but we no, I think, listen, I think this guy, listen, as a coach, you can teach, you can instruct, you can guide, but you can't be responsible between the lines when the game's going on. The yeah. kids have to do that. Yeah. Yes, is he held responsible like Coach Norvell or Coach Fuller? Yes. However, however, if he's standing there and, and his guys are having to run around trailing guys for four, four and a half, five seconds. Okay. No, that's no, a no, lot. no, no, I'm not, okay. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about more in the recruiting game. He's going to have to. Re- of course. At an elite of level. course. That, they all that's have more what I judge him on. That's okay. what I'm saying. So I'm not saying we can judge him yet. He, there's right. got to be performance and you know, performance, okay. but more so there has to be the recruitment part of it. I think that's more, more so what they brought him in for is his South Florida recruiting you know, recruiting Florida guys. Oh, so of course. we'll see if that see if. the last thing I have, which I thought was interesting article, I think that came out in the last couple of days, uh, was this uh, and I know you love the quarterback room of Florida State, so I, I had to bring this up. So I don't know if you saw this or not. But Florida State landed in the top 10 of ESPN's future quarterback rankings. Um, this was a ESPN article that got released and got picked up in a couple of places. Uh, it says that this season, Florida State's ranked number nine in the ESPN list of last year. The Knowles are not ranked in the top 25 of this list. So this is their future quarterback room. So basically, what goes in this list is that they assess, based on current rosters and committed recruits, while taking into account the likelihood of transfers both in and out of programs, programs that have continued, continued I can't say that word, and success continuity. with coaching quarterbacks, continuity, and success with coaching quarterbacks also receives special consideration. So you you like to and, and it, like I said, taking consideration they have, well, they say highly talented prospects like Tate Rodemaker, EJ Duffy, and Brock Glenn, and then you also have commitment from four star uh, Luke coming in as well. So you you seem to crap on this room quite a lot. Uh, so I wanted to get your thoughts. Do you think that Florida State has a uh, number ten, top ten future quarterback room? Yes or no? I, I think this article is poorly written. Makes no sense. It's written by some guy who probably doesn't know Florida State very well. Uh, scan, <laughs> wait a minute. scan down. Scan down to the final line. Scan down to the final line of the article. Uh, Travis no, is no, ex- no, no. Look, look at it's look at this. ESPN. It's from. ESPN. I don't give a. It's I don't care ESPN. if it's from ESPN. It's from I don't ESPN. care. Go down to the. This final is the guy that wrote line. it. This is the Go, guy that wrote it. I don't care about the guy who wrote it. Listen, Travis is expected to be Florida State's number one option for the 2023 season. Really? That shows me this guy doesn't know anything about Florida State. He's going by how these guys, how these guys. Uh, uh, came in from high school. Tate Rodemaker, I got a problem there. I'm not certain. In fact, 
So far in camp, in spring camp, the word is very inconsistent. Very inconsistent. Okay. So you're, you're saying so the future quarterbacks, he, in there, you're not, you're not, uh, you don't think the future quarterbacks in their room, you're not confident. No, there. I would say in 2024, expect a transfer from the portal to come in and compete because I am not sold on any of the backups to Jordan Travis. And in fact, I say the whole season rides on Jordan Travis. If he gets, if he gets injured, this whole season changes. Well, okay. I don't think that's what the article is talking about, but I I don't, I don't, I don't, he's basing it on what? I, I, I just read it to you what it's basing Uh, off of. It's, it's I I read the criteria right here. It's garbage. Garbage. Well, that's why I yeah. garbage. All right. Well, we'll end it at that. Um, are you, are you? Do you think it is? Do you agree with the guy? <laughs> are you sold that this is a top ten quarterback room? You didn't read. You didn't listen to anything I had to say. I right? did it read. Said future I did quarterback read. room. It said, what it said. current rec- current okay. room, future recruits. I'm not. Yeah, potential I'm not, for. I'm not training. satisfied with the future of that room. That's mine. Are you? Are you? I think potential. Don't be wise, non-committal. Yeah. Don't be non-committal. I Make said, a damn I said decision. Based on potential, yes, I think it. I don't know if it's top ten potential, but I. I well, do that's think what that, that's what the guy's saying. Top ten. Do you agree or do you? Do? I wouldn't say it's top ten. I'd say maybe top twenty-five. Yeah. yeah. But time will tell. But I, I think you're being very negative because you don't understand the article. So. <laughs> So I, 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 I hope you read it. And I hope you uh, well, apologize. Say I hope you apologize to Spencer. Uh, who, here, uh, here, here's, here's what I have to say. <coughs> I am not confident and there's no numbers to support <coughs> any confidence I should have in that quarterback room. Where are the numbers that support it's anything? Future. It's future. It's potential. It's, it's talent and potential. Okay. I've I, got, I I've got potential too. Yeah, uh, uh, maybe having a two in your pants later, but we're we're talking about <laughs> quarterbacks. I'm just, I just listen seriously, seriously. <laughs> I just don't have the confidence level I want to have there. Okay, well, okay, I understand that. I understand that. But and this is have... no, this is no disrespect to the quarterbacks in the room. It they is a just, little bit. It they is a just little bit. Have not been on the field enough to gain confidence for themselves or yeah. for me. Sorry, Jody. He doesn't get it. Uh, it uh, sorry. And old man, you're not going to have three starting quarterbacks on your bench. It doesn't work like that anymore. It, it, it really doesn't work like that. Anymore. I understand that. But I, I will be shocked if if they don't go to the transfer portal for 2024 for a quarterback. Oh, well, I think that'll be an interesting discussion. But at that, we'll leave it here. So we talked about our defensive concerns and questions by ourselves. Uh, if you did not get to watch us or if you watch us live, like the video, share it. We appreciate you being here. We appreciate the questions. Uh, we know uh, the old man gets a little bit argumentative. I've got one so. more point. Uh, here we go. I've got two more points. Oh, God. One, one is I don't know right now where, where athletic director Mike Alford's head is on the men's basketball coaching I'm gonna situation. do a show on that. I'm gonna do a show on that. So okay. leave those questions. I'm I'll leave that alone, but I'm not sure where he I think he's waiting for the whole tournament to end. I think he's got some candidates in mind. No, and they're see, con- but they're contacting transfers already. But but I know but I saw Rick Patino just signed again. Okay. And he 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 had been he had been not offered any chairs because he got in a little bit of hot water 
but he's back in the business again. The old man, point? he's taken three teams to the finals. But what's your what's your point? To, my how's point that is, to Florida State? My point is, I will be I will <laughs> be I will be shocked if 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 Florida State doesn't make a move on coaching. Well, they may decide we're going to pay out the final the final thing, but they're going to have a problem. Okay. It, it'd be weird if they were already contacting transfer recruits and they, were, they weren't going to keep them. That's the only thing I have to say right now, but I'm going to do a separate segment with or without you to address this. So, yeah. but thank you okay. all for showing up. Thanks wait, for the comments. Wait. Oh, and I did put out on Twitter, my 2023 charity challenge sprint oh to God. Mike Norvell. I will take on interior linemen, the interior lineman, a hundred yards, for every if everyone that beats me, I give fifty bucks to a charity. Fifty dollar, oh, fifty dollars per player. Five hundred. If, if I 500. beat them, if I beat them, then they have Mike Norvell has to pay the fifty bucks. <laughs> That's it. It you was know? you would have Seems to spend easy. more gas money to count for this challenge. But, but you know what? I hit a home run in our softball game Saturday. I still can move around the bases pretty damn good. Does a home run count when you hit it off the tee? Yeah. Just hitting it off the tee. Funny, funny. Let's get you down here in the league. All right. That's it for me. All right. Well, like I said, thank you for coming. Subscribe, like, share. We appreciate it. Look out for a uh, State of Florida State basketball video because I'm interested in doing one of those and just being candid about my thoughts because that is a dumpster fire right now. So thank you again. Have a great Thursday night, guys. Enjoy your weekend that's coming up. Take care. Stay safe. Enjoy the weather. If it's nice, if it's not, don't stay inside. And uh, we'll see you soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Keep punching.